Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. It's nearly Christmas. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, I mean, are you organised? Are you not organised? Will you be running out on Christmas Eve? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm right in the middle of a, work, a week's work at heart. So I'm covering for JK and Kelly. So I'm on drive time this week, just getting London home. Um, oh but um, So basically, I am trying to squeeze everything into the few hours that I get in the morning and just make sure that, um, you know, I'm wrapping my presents and everything else. And... Yeah. Um, we're recording this obviously a few days before it goes out. I've just heard from Lucy, our nanny, uh, her waters broke this morning. <gasps> so she is having her baby currently in hospital. So I was like, yes, that's amazing. That's amazing. She was like, I'm fucking terrified. So oh she's going God. through it. Um, so poor, like lovely Lucy. She was, it's oh, been such so an interesting. She's literally going to have a newborn at Christmas. That she, is so sweet. She was so funny because um, she was like, I cannot believe this is happening in and around my birthday. Um, and I was like, <laughs> you're going to have to get used to the fact that your baby completely upstages you for the rest of your life now. Yeah, sorry. There's no <laughs> birthdays for, a, no. you know, 18 years or something think now um yeah that's oh it uh, what about you what is the Dayton Christmas household looking like <laughs> um I mean what is it looking like it still looks like a bomb site um <laughs> I'm trying to get festive but it's really hard when like there's just drills and ladders and like all kinds of stuff around but we are going to be packing up and heading over to my auntie's so um that will be really festive there and lovely so yes my Christmas will begin and actually I'll get to sit down because there's plenty of adults around to look after the kids uh, that's the best thing isn't it that, that is, is the best the thing. thing I can't wait to see yeah. all my family just please take my children away from me <laughs> here we go oh. see you later me and james are actually having christmas on our own can you imagine yeah. right okay we'll Bye. drop them to you yeah and uh we're gonna go home and have lunch on our own yeah or um, go to like a swanky hotel i remember before the kids came along this was before um obviously Isla was born but before we got pregnant with luna we spent our very first christmas together and we went to calcott manor which is this oh. like proper gorgeous hotel i mean you know didn't matter we were like drinking champagne in bed on Christmas Eve and like just lounging around just having day sex going out to like the spa it was just that will never happen ever again I mean I wouldn't change it for the world because Christmas with the kids is phenomenal but just you know a couple of days of isolation with my husband would be nice yeah that's like proper Christmas isn't it that'd be like a proper Christmas (laughs) gift if anyone's listening and they want to work on Christmas day by looking after our kids then (laughs) 
send us a message. I reckon we should do a live on Christmas Day just to check in and everyone can join in just to do a little cheers. <laughs> leave that leave that with us. Yes, we'll do that. Um but this is a really exciting episode, isn't it? Do, do you know what? I've got to be completely honest with you. Um I was bl- like bubbling away with excitement during this chat and I was trying to keep a lid on it because it's not very cool when you are like fangirling as much as I was doing inside but I and I didn't say this when we were talking to her but basically there are two women that I used to watch growing up and they are are the reasons that I'm a presenter if I'm honest with you um the first one is Davina McCall um I just loved watching her on Street Mate she was just across my screens throughout the whole of my life um and the and the other one is the person that we're speaking to today and she really is an icon she's been around forever she gra- she's a, such a grafter she's made a career over in the UK um on shows like SMTV Live and then she went over to America and she just smashed it. Who are we talking to today, G? Today, I literally cannot believe it, we have got Kat Dealey on the podcast. So today's guest, ah, we're so excited about this one. She (laughs) won a children's BAFTA for her presenting role on SMTV Live. We grew up watching her on our screens virtually every single day of our childhood years. Then she left us. We're still not kind of over that. But uh, she went to sunnier climates to Los Angeles. She's been hosting So You Think You Can Dance in the States pretty much forever. I think maybe still doing it. (laughs) But now we've nabbed her back. and We're over the moon about that. She is mum to her gorgeous boys, James and Milo. She's married to Mr. Patrick Keelty. Today it is the wonderful and gorgeous and brilliant Kat Dealey. Hello. Hello. Hello, ladies. How are you doing? Very good. How are you? Very good. Very excited to chat. Very excited. We are so over the moon to have you on, Kat. I guess the first question is like, how are you? Welcome back. And what is life like back in the UK for you? You know what? It's absolutely lovely. I mean, we it, it was always kind of in our minds that we would at some stage or another, you know, come back. And and really, it was a little bit for us. Well, we when we thought about it, it was a bit like, well, let's do it sooner rather than later, basically. So it yeah. isn't such an upheaval for the children, you know. I mean, Milo was four and it started going to school in the States. And it's just, it's very different. You know, they, they learn a completely different syllabus. It's It's very different. He would have had his own friends there. And then to bring him back felt a little bit unfair if we could make it happen and make the transition as easy as possible for him then that was what we were going to do and I mean we literally did move heaven and earth as listen as anybody will do for their kids do you know what I mean yeah. if, if, it, if it's at all possible you will make it happen for your children so essentially what we were going to do is we were going to have him start uh, school the September that's just gone so we got time to sort everything out and and get things moved over and find a place to live and get rid of the house that we got over in the states you know all that all that kind of like big adult responsibility stuff yeah. and um and the the teacher the head teacher of the school that Milo goes to now said listen he can come in September or if he comes in January, then he'll be one of five new kids starting at the same time. So if you could make it happen, that might be a little bit easier on him. So literally, I think that was that was Halloween last year. Yeah. <laughs> so I flew over 
with the dog as well because I was amazing children and a dog but and you know it just can't happen so I flew over with the dog left the dog with my brother went house hunting and rental searching and all that kind of stuff found a place to move to and literally it wasn't available until January so myself my husband James Milo dog Lily moved into my brother's flat in Primrose Hill for six weeks and we're still talking to each other so that's (laughs) That's amazing (laughs) that's an achievement (laughs) what was the sort of deciding factor what was the thing that made you go right that's it we are moving back now well the uh, listen the, the main factor was um friends and family because you we will never get this time back again you know like yeah. I said the boys are four and two and they've got grandparents who adore them they want to hang out with you know grandma and granddad and 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 nanny and and they want to hang out with them and they want to hang out with them right back and this is a moment that we will never get again and it kind yeah. of you know, it, it, we, we've kind of got everything that we need. We don't really need anymore. So if if you can't get this moment back again, then then really that's the most important thing. But there was definitely a moment where um, uh, Paddy and Milo were caught up in a. Um, it, it was like a, uh, a. They were shopping at Westfield Shopping Centre, and they'd gone to Shake Shack to have a burger and. Um, it was just like a treat after school and they got caught up in what they thought was a live shooter. They they all kind of got pushed into toilets and into the kitchen and people were screaming and it was and I had to go and get them and I didn't realise what was going on and it was only when I was driving up in my car that I realised the enormity of it as I saw like six helicopters circling and news teams and SWAT squad, squads and you know full policemen in riot like it was uh it was very very scary and it's just you know it's just um more prevalent really you know the the gun culture there is uh it's it's really apparent you know you you yeah. see it all the time so um it, it definitely wasn't the reason, but it was one of the reasons and quite possibly a catalyst for it, you know. Yeah. Because in the States, obviously, you were going to have to look, you were looking around schools for, for Milo. Um, did you feel that presence when you were looking around your choices? I mean, they obviously have to go through scanners. And is, is that a real thing that you sort of feel and sense when you do look at schools? Uh, yeah, there, there's definitely a, um, a moment, you know, like how we would have um, a, a fire drill and yes. we practice doing fire drills and things like that. They they practice doing, you know, if there's a live shooter that comes on the premises and yeah. what they do and what the protocol is. And they have to because, of course, you know, if you're dealing with four-year-olds that yeah. don't listen at the best of times, <laughs> I mean, mine doesn't anyway. I know that for a fact. <laughs> no, I don't how do you cope with this you know so it has to be practiced and it has to be done and you have to know exactly what's going to happen and the same as earthquakes you know the, there are also earthquakes there yeah. so they have to do earthquake practice too um so it, yeah it did, but it just brings it to the forefront of your mind you know all we ever had to do was fire drill yeah yeah they always used to go off in the night or like because I, I, I was doing some flexi-boarding for a while, and it was just like, why are you doing this in the middle of the night? It's ridiculous. We, every time it went off, we were <laughs> like, there the isn't even a fire. <laughs> there isn't even a fire. Or maybe they were the real ones. 
thinking back. <laughs> Either way, they're a pain in the ass. let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, I'd just like to say we all three of us have got four-year-olds. So we're yeah, going we through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're slightly Jekyll and Hyde too. Yeah. Sometimes yes. like, like an absolute angel. And then other times you're like, where has this Evil piece of evil movie comes on. Mine, mine like, likes to play opposite. So he'll go, oh, you know, oh, here we, can you go and get dressed? And he goes, no, I don't want to. And I'm like, okay, don't go and get dressed. And then he will. And he goes, sometimes, sometimes I do what you say. Sometimes I don't. Oh, okay. I'm glad we've cleared that up. <laughs> I like it. The sense of power that yeah. that creates. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, t- Kat, tell us a little bit about um, your kind of upbringing before we get into sort of parenting and being mum. Just about mm-hmm. like, we, I, I, don't, I don't really know too much about like where you spent your childhood and your relationship with your parents and stuff. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very, very close to um, my parents, and you know, my brother is one of my best friends. We're we're, we're two uh, very different uh, humans, but we absolutely love each other. He's very laid back, um, quite uh, always airs on the side of caution. My brother, whereas I'm the opposite. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'll fly by the seat of my pants. And uh, I'm not really laid back at all. I'm quite into everything, you know. So, um, but I grew up uh, in a, it was actually very, it, it was called Pear Tree Drive. And it sounds all very English. But it, and, and, and you know, what was weird, there was a stream at the bottom of the garden, and oh, nice. there was all houses on either side. And um everybody had kids so there was gates going in between everybody's houses and gardens um so everybody could just all play together and then they managed to build a bridge over the stream to get to the other side so there was like a family that were over there too and and basically we had this street and everybody would do um different events so our event was always bonfire night we'd always do you know the bit and then other people would be new year and somebody else would be christmas party but my mum was at home with us and then um uh my dad worked but yeah I'm very I'm very close to both of them actually um and they've always been very cool that that obviously they're they're um there are moments where I turn around and I went like for instance my mum let me go and live in Japan for two months when I was 16 yeah was that when you were modeling now and I'm like are you nuts Like, did you not like me? Did you not really want me? Or what was it? And she's like, no, no, no. We just always really, we always really trusted you. And it was like, well, you know, she'll be all right. Like, she's she's okay. She's sensible enough. She's all right. She can get her home if she, ever she needs to be. It's yeah. Fine. Um, yeah. So it, I, I had a great relationship with my mom and dad and actually still do. We're all going up back up there for Christmas. And, Aww. you know, yeah, it's fine. Um, are there elements of like your upbringing, you know, like that whole, you know, it sounds like you lived in a very close community that you want your children to grow up with? Yeah, I absolutely would. Uh, yeah, I would love that. You know, I, I think that um, uh, it was just so nice because it was it meant that you've got friends that you made at school, but there were also other friends that you got to. So I think that helps with keeping your perspective on everything. Yeah. And then the other thing that that my mom and dad really instilled in me was you know your brother is your best mate you know mm, he's lovely best mate. Mm. and um 
and uh, I'm the oldest. And so that started really, I think, from right when I was little, you know, she very, my mom very much involved me in looking after my brother and, you know, changing his nappies and doing all of that kind of stuff because you know it, and, and and I feel like if you instill that in your children enough I think I think it kind of works you know and I know he's always got my back and and he knows I've always got his back you know there's something so special between you know that's the sibling bond I mean my sister is one of my best friends we are two totally different human beings yeah. but she is the person that I call every single day the person that I confide my whole life it, you know, I, I tell her everything. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, well, you know, Georgia and I have both got two kids and we see the bond between ours as well. It's it's really magical. If you can give your children that gift of being super close, you'd be your own person. You'd have to be the same people, but just to make sure yeah. that they look after each other in life, 100%. that makes me feel happier as a parent. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like, I th- feel like as parents, you can instill that, you can almost you know, get that going right from when they're very, very young. And I just like the fact as well then, you know, of course, you know, you lose generations as they get older, but then you've still got your family with you as well, you know, at the same time. I, I think it's really important. Well, I'm going to try and do it with mine. Whether whether they, But they seem to be getting on really well because they've just started playing together too. Lovely. Um, it's really lovely, actually. So hopefully it's going to be the same. And, and, and when... Milo goes to school, James misses him and like runs to the door when he gets out. He, he can't say Milo yet. He's in that delicious two-year-old phase where it, like loads of his words are slightly squiffy, you know, not yeah. quite <laughs> And he's always like, Lilo, Lilo, Lilo. And it's the cutest thing. So so hopefully, listen, you can't you can't force them, but I feel if you can kind of bend them in the right direction, that's great. Yeah, and obviously, if they grow up seeing, you know, you and your brother close, then it's kind of learnt behaviour as well, isn't it? It's like instilled in them. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's lovely. I haven't got any siblings, but when I, you know, when I think about Axel and Gigi when they grow up, I feel, Aww. yeah, I hope that they're close. Georgia didn't want it. Georgia only wanted to have one baby cat. And then uh, I was with her when she found out she was pregnant with her second because she just looked completely grey. And I was like, what's up with you? Oh, my gosh, you're pregnant. We did the pregnancy <gasps> test in Barenberger in the loose. We did. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was happy being an only child and I thought I wanted the same for my son and now I'm just yeah I'm so pleased that I did it and just you talking about the sibling bond it's just it is lovely, lovely. really lovely. <gasps> oh my goodness so you are you are you gonna have any more too or good question Kat no my gosh no listen no I'm not answering these questions <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell us how you met Patrick and how that relationship came about yeah so we met each other ages and ages ago years and years ago we met each other on fame academy it was probably like yes. i don't know yeah. 20, 18 years ago something like that we met each other um and we we always really liked each other we'd always kind of got on he always made me laugh all of those things but either he was with somebody or i was or you know and um but we'd always stay in touch and we'd always um you know, we'd see each other occasionally. And um, then I went to America and we just kind of stayed in touch and all that kind of stuff. And then um, and then what happened was it was my birthday and um, uh, he rung me. He was, at, he was in a pub in Ireland and he rung me from the pub. <laughs> and bear in mind, it was probably about two o'clock in the morning because they'd had a lock-in. Uh, <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. I can hear you laughing. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> Bit of Dutch courage. Exactly. He was like laughing. And he's like, oh, I'm just ringing to wish you happy birthday. And I was like, oh, thanks, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, we're actually going to go and um, have some brunch at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And um, I'm going with a few mates. And he said, oh, okay, what time are you going? And I said, about two. We're going to have like, like a latish lunch. And he's like, okay. He said, I'll see you there. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, right, you old Charlie with bananas. I was literally like, there's no, there's no, there's no way. And it was literally, you know, it was two o'clock in the morning there. And and yeah, he you're right, Dutch courage. And uh he went home, set his alarm for five, got up, went to the airport, flew from Belfast to London, then jumped on the first plane from London to LA. Um, got in a cab, told the cabbie on his way from the airport what he was doing. Oh my god! Wow. And the driver was literally like, "Do you want me to wait for you?" <laughs> and he was like, "No, no, no! I've, I've, I've got this. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I've got this." And so he walked in, dropped his bags at the concierge, walked in, and came and sat down for lunch. No. Oh my god! Did you know at that point, like he'd done that? Did you know that was it? Like you were going to have children with him, you were going to marry him, and that was it. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was incredibly surprised, and I was also. I mean, it, it's a Richard Curtis movie, isn't it? Essentially, that. And I mm. think um, so often we we struggle to even get somebody to text us back, let alone fly yeah. across the Atlantic. Do you know what I mean? So I think. And I think there was something really quite brave and quite noble in it too. I mean, it was nuts as well. Don't get me wrong; it was definitely, you know, uh, nutsy. But it was it 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 um it it knocked my socks off a little bit, you know. So um, that is incredible. That is amazing. I mean, has he told you what the conversations were in the pub the night before in Belfast? Because I reckon. (laughs) What was he chatting to his mates about? There's this bird, right? She's pretty fit. You probably know who she is. She's a, you, you know, know what? I wouldn't be able to. All I know is I wouldn't be able to understand a word. Anything <laughs> because they're so broad, Northern Irish as well. And they'll, have, and they'll have all had a skin full at that stage. Unless I was looking at their lips, I wouldn't be able to understand a word they were saying. No, it's not the easiest, <laughs> is it? But what an amazing move from him. I, I think that's incredible. It's punchy. Yeah, it's punchy. We like punchy. Um, yeah. So you, you guys get together and then flash forward to the moment where you think we're going to have babies. Yeah. I mean, listen, my whole thing was I'd always wanted to have kids um, and he had too. And so then when we were like, oh, we're kind of weird. Like this is lovely. We're really cool. Like so, so we didn't hang about with any of that. Really, there wasn't like because it also the way he played it was just like there was no messing around. There was no game playing. There was no oh well, I'm going to pretend to do this, but really I mean that. And maybe I should do this, but there was none of that. So it, instantaneously, it was all kind of cut back, and it was all very like, well, what do you want? Well, I want this. What do you want? Well, I want that. Okay. What about this then? Do you know, like it was very, it was actually very simple. And we were, you know, we were a bit older and we'd kind of done what we wanted to do. And we, you know, I'd traveled and I'd lived in another place. And, and, you know, we, our careers were great. And so it was kind of, well, right time, right place, really. And 
And we both wanted children. So it was like, well, let's, fingers crossed. Because it was one of those things before I had kids. I was, oh, I hope I'm lucky enough. Yeah. Well, to have, like, I never, I never automatically assumed, oh, yeah, this is going to be very, yeah. my mum my struggled to have um, babies. So always in the back of my head, I'd ki- I kind of um, had a little bit of something like, I don't know, was it genetic? Was it, you know, you just don't know, do you? Until you try, you've got no idea. Um and- and how how was how was the trying? <laughs> not not yeah. the physical act, but you know, did, did it happen quickly for you? You know what? It was actually it was providing we all got our time because that was the other thing is he was flying back to come and work here, and then I was working in the states, so there was a lot of backwards and forwards. But yeah, it was it it was all okay. Thank goodness. I mean, yeah. I, it all kind of worked out okay. Um, because yeah, how do you have that conversation if you're trying, you know, you know, you sort of calling your husband going, you've got to come back now. But like, not if he's in Northern Ireland and you're in L.A. Yeah, I mean, there was there was definitely a bit of that. But I, but I also think we didn't really put any pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Well, we, ha- we hadn't got to that stage. And I, listen, I, I've got lots of friends who yeah. have been in that situation and I completely understand it. And, yeah. you know, if if. If it hadn't been happening for us for longer, then of course we would have, you know, that we would have headed more in that direction, possibly, mm. you know, towards IVF and all those kind of things, you know. But but what we didn't want to do was put any stress and we just didn't want to be anxious about it. It was like, okay, yeah. let's just, let's just see how it how it goes. And I think and. I, I mean, I've got friends as well who actually the moment that they've been more relaxed about it is when they end up being pregnant. You know, we've yeah. all heard those stories where it's literally like, you know, they're taking temperatures and they're working out dates and they're doing this, that and the other. And then all of a sudden when they stop doing that, it happens. We'll be right back after the short break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We all know how a Christmas carol begins, but you've never heard it like this. Marley was dead to begin with. Dead as a f- doornail. Now, I don't know why a doornail. They've never had any life to begin with. But bottom line, Marley is dead. A Christmas Carol, the rude retelling, read 
by Brian Harvey. Listen to the uncensored version out now. Find it wherever you found this podcast or go to podfollow.com slash Scrooge. Buff humbug. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? And did you enjoy being pregnant? What was that whole experience like for you? Uh, I didn't particularly. No. And, and, and I kind of, it sounds awful because actually I had uh, an e- easy pregnancy and it was, it, it was all, you know, everything was fine. But I just was, I was, I was always a little bit worried in the back of my head, just in case. Um, uh, and I didn't, you know, for me, I was, I was working as well at the same time and flying and moving around and lifting suitcases and all the, I, I, I just, I'm very independent and I'm used to, yeah. I, I found it, I found it um, a little bit tricky. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to, just to kind of reposition my head and be like oh no I can't lift that and I can't do that and do you know what do you know what I mean oh, it, totally. yeah, it can and be it's hard to, to accept yeah mm. yeah and, it, and, I, and I didn't mind it at all because because of where I was in my life I kind of felt like you know I've, I've, I've done so much and I was so happy and I was delighted to be pregnant so it, it wasn't I didn't I wasn't resentful, but it was just a weird shift in my head. Yes. I'm so used to being so independent. Yeah, it is so, a shift. Yes, it's very different. Did you not have the same thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard. you kind of try to just carry on being the same person and then something happens and you think, oh, at, actually, this isn't about me. This, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be doing all these things, but actually I feel exhausted and I've got to listen to that. Yeah. Then, you know, even yeah. when I was going into labour, even when my contraction started, I was walk sort of in denial about it and like walking around the park and I was like let's go for a roast and Dozzle was like you're in labor now like we can't go for a roast I was like no no we can it's going to be ages and he was just like we probably need to go home and he was a bit like you're gonna have to accept that this is happening but I I definitely like you guys just kind of in a way just wanted to live the same life but I knew I wanted to be a mother obviously it was absolutely amazing but couldn't quite let go of that I think yeah. yeah yeah and it was just sometimes and also because I did feel well and I mean I know some women that have the most awful like yeah they just feel rotten and never stop throwing up and can't yeah. get off the couch and I, oh that must just be just awful but also so you kind of almost forget you were pregnant too so you kind of catch yourself and go oh god no I can't do that I can't lift that or I can't yeah. you know what I mean yeah, exactly. And how were your births? Uh, it was it was okay. The second one was much harder because, of course, I got Milo, so yes. that was really tricky. Um, because, of course, what you're trying to do is you're trying to um, obviously make Milo still feel really special, even though there's a new baby on the scene too. So it's it's trying to find that balance and but not being able to pick him up and so, so you have to just be a bit smarter about okay how you cuddle him so it was it was it definitely took me longer with the second one yeah um because I didn't rest as much you know I, I, I can't, can't yeah as the first time 
It's really interesting that you talk, you touch on that because I think we all felt that that with the second there was that mm-hmm. huge responsibility and there was all these fears going through certainly mine and George's head about um, will it will it break the special bond that we had with our first by bringing a second in and you, did you worry about any of that before James was born? Uh, not not for me because I because I didn't think that at all but I just wanted to make the transition as easy as I possibly could for him because like you know as we started off saying is I love the bond between my brother and I and I kind of wanted that to be there from the get-go and actually some of my friends had said to me look the really smart thing to do is to um give uh Milo a gift from the baby so when when I came when I came home Milo and Paddy came to get me from the hospital and um uh James bought him like a scale electric set and all that kind of stuff and he so straight away yeah he was he was into it and also the we gave Milo an important his important job was to bring the new baby and mama home do you know what I mean and that was his important job and that was what he got to do as big brother and so that's what we did rather than we didn't we didn't bring him into the hospital before I was coming home with him you know and this is this is just him you know I was just trying to make it as easy as I could on him so that might not work with every other sibling but, but it seemed to with us you know and and I think the gift just helps and then it's his important job that that's what he's doing is he's bringing his baby brother home and his mom you know yeah do you know what was funny we did something really similar with my son and and when my daughter was born and still to this day now she's 18 18 months old he always goes how did Gigi know what hot wheels that I (laughs) (laughs) every time he goes to play with it he still says the same thing he's like how does she know genius oh but it's so cute cute isn't yeah, it, it like, is I, cute. I, I love it it's like and and how they haven't quite I mean it's going to be the same this year with Christmas even it's a bit like that now they're really understanding Christmas too yeah. um so I think it's going to be it's going to be the same thing you know that it's going to be like the wonder of it is going yeah. to be there, which will be completely infectious it's magic what, what sort of a mum are you how would you kind of describe your parenting God, okay. Describe yours. But how how would you how would you describe yourself? Fly so by the seat of my fucking pants. I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm talking about or doing ninety nine percent of the time. Oh my god! You know what? And I think and I think that really sums it all up. We're all just trying our best to yeah. do the best that we possibly can. Like to me, I hate it. When other people are judgmental or when this mommy shaming thing that get, like all of that, I think is just oh, so negative and so and such a bad thing, man. As far as I'm concerned, it's jokes, no judging. And that's it. And we're all open up to it. And you know yeah. what? We're all just trying to do. You will never meet a mom who isn't just trying to do her best. Do you know what I mean? Whatever her best yeah. on that day is. And whatever she can summon up, you know, depending on the night that she's had the night before with them or what she's got. Like, and that's what everybody's doing. And I feel the more we can kind of 
support each other with all that, the better. But nobody really knows. I mean, like all those people that kind of pontificate and this is the best and that's the best and you know, you've got to breastfeed or you give them formula or you do like whatever it, it's like, as long as you have a happy, kind, healthy child, you know, that's all anybody's trying to do. No, oh, so true. That's what we believe. Yeah, exactly. How do you find like juggling, you know, your career and your family life? It's really hard. <laughs> there yeah. isn't, there isn't a magic formula. I kind of wish there was, but there is. There really isn't a magic formula. I always feel a little bit like when I'm at home, I feel like, oh, I should be doing some more work stuff or I should be doing that and then flip it around. And then when you're at work, you feel guilty about not being yeah. at home. I think women all have that. I don't think it's never clear cut. And, oh, it's really, it's really, really difficult. And I, But I think it's equally as difficult for stay-at-home moms too. That yeah. do that. Like, I don't, I don't think every, anybody's got it completely sorted out you know um what what has been lovely is weirdly in this w- weird horrible strange time that everybody's just been going through is I've actually had loads of time to spend with the boys and it has felt completely guilt-free because there's nothing you can do about it I can't you know I can't get on an airplane and go somewhere so actually as as hard as it has been and it's been hard for everybody I haven't met a single person that that you know the global pandemic hasn't hit badly yeah Yeah. but but at the same time you know I taught Milo to ride a bike and to read and it's and it's stuff that I would never normally get the chance to do and I've reveled in it and completely enjoyed it and I think it's just about finding those moments and and you know finding those moments when you can and and how you can and what you want to do, you know. And I, I feel like always with me, it's about, you know, you have those voices in your head and you're like, well, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? Or how do I, how am I going to, and, and you just kind of have to just push them to one side a little yep. bit. And go, right, I'm going to be in this moment right now and this is what I'm going to do. I mean, we also have to plan like maniacs, but but that really <laughs> we try and do. Do you, um, kind of with, with the roles, obviously Patrick and you, you've got these amazing careers and you're very busy, but obviously two very involved parents. Um, do you flip-flop? So if you have to go away and work, is he there and is he supportive yeah. of that and vice yeah, versa? That's what, yeah. yeah, that's what we try and do. We always try and do that. And actually it's worked pretty well up till now um so think you know touch wood we can carry on doing that but yeah we always try and make sure that one of us is here Mm. yeah um uh just and and that's always worked and and to be honest you know it's pretty good We, we, we it's not entirely flexible but when it comes to one of us being at home we can normally juggle it and make it happen and talking of your amazing career, can we talk about SMTV Live, please? Because this is the <laughs> yeah! childhood show that we grew up watching. Um, and yeah, we're just, we were so over the moon to see the photographs of you and Anton Deck back together again. And it's going to be on Boxing Day. So can you tell us anything about it? 
Yeah, it, listen, it's just we what we really wanted to do was we wanted to redo one. But because of everything that was happening, there was no way we, we couldn't get people on and get people doing sketches and having an audience and all that kind of stuff. It just wasn't possible. We even looked into like maybe, um, you know, having club seating and, and, and splitting people off into bubbles. But there was just no way. So yeah. Uh, it was kind of us all together taking a look back at all the different moments, talking about the evolution of the show, how it started. Um, we laughed, we cried, we joked, we teased <laughs> each other. Aww. It was like, it's just, it was fun, you know. Cat the dog's teeth came back, they went in for a bit, we <laughs> tried them on. It was, yeah, it was funny. Oh, and you've written a children's book. Yeah, and I mean, it was long before... Uh, COVID happened and it was just it's it's that thing of at the end of the day I am completely exhausted like I'm in bed by 9 30 these days yeah. that, that yeah. you know after I birthed the boys I'm literally like yeah. a because I'm soaking wet probably anyway because <laughs> it splashed, splashed me um I'm in my pajamas you know that that's it that's what happens um and so when it gets to bedtime, I'm just exhausted. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what do I want to say when I can't find the words? And that was really the idea behind the book. It's a collection of moments and ideas and thoughts and feelings. And it's top and tail by love. And it's it's just to get them talking about their emotions. And then, you know, hopefully if you have an open dialogue with them, then they can reach their full potential as an adult and just yeah. try things and do things. And sometimes I feel like we need to be reminded of that a little bit yes. too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? Yeah. Do you, is that something you do with them at night? You know, like before bed, do you ask them how their day's gone and how they're feeling and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, totally. Or sometimes it's not even that, but they'll, but they'll come up with something or they'll think about something, you know, and they'll ask me questions about it. And I remember Remembrance Day, um, Milo was talking to me about Remembrance Day and what the poppies were and what it meant. And But, but mum, who were who soldiers? And, you know, and you suddenly, you obviously you want to tell your children the truth because I think that's incredibly important. I think the minute you don't, you you try and hide stuff from them. I think that's when it becomes scary and it becomes the bogeyman under the bed. But obviously you have to give them a version of the truth that's not going to scare them before they're going to bed and not going to frighten them. And, and you know, that isn't too advanced for them where they are emotionally, you know. Yeah. Um, so so I think it's about just having an open dialogue and and you know sometimes we talk about it in the car on the way home from school and sometimes we'll talk about it in the bar like there's not a specific time or place but obviously I think just chatting in general is great yeah. always and, encouraging the open dialect is um, exactly. sorry dialogue is is super important yeah yeah and is there going to be a fifth member to the Kilty Dealey clan <laughs> anytime soon Kat I don't think so I don't think <laughs> too knackered so. yeah, you know what I'm exhausted well, yeah and I'm you know I'm 44 I'm not like I'm not 28 do you know what I mean there was a time when you could when you could be up all night and go to work the next day and it would all be like I can't do that anymore um uh but but yeah, I mean, I'm so happy with my lovely boys, and I'm so lucky to have them that uh, 
yeah, I couldn't possibly wish for any more, really. So, um, yeah, I'm delighted. Um, and just before we let you go, um, we just like to ask our guests the piece of advice that you would give to a new parent that you've been given. Oh, uh, my piece of advice is jokes, no judging. <laughs> I, I love, love that. that. Yeah. yeah. And Kat, any like products that you swear by for the kids? Uh, what do I love? I love Mastella products. Yes. I really like those. There's one that they do that is like a freshening water, which is so nice because I've got boys and I've got crazy hair. <laughs> in the morning, I spritz it on and I, so I can get the brush through it. And it yeah. smells so good as well. And it's easy. You know what I mean? Because yes. I put it all together in a little box when I'm getting them ready. Um, I love that. I love it. I, I actually really enjoy um, a diffuser as well with essential oils in it. Lovely. I, yeah, I like lavender for nighttime. I like albus for if they if they need um help breathing. And yeah. then there's also a, there's also an oil called thieves oil, which is supposedly kind of antiseptic a bit too, and oh, is wow. for germs too. Which seems to listen. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but it seems to where uh, it seems to help us anyway. So oh, well. and then the other, the other thing I really like is the grow clock. You know the one that we've got the- it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've got yeah. it. I've just, I just someone told me the other day there's a lock on it and it's literally oh, just yeah. transformed my life because Luna would get up in the night and just fiddle around with it and then come in at three a.m. going the sun's come oh. up. And I'm like, oh, oh, how have you done that? that? Yeah. The meanwhile, you've got like a tech expert on your hands. There. <laughs> <laughs> you will be so proud of her. Like when she's running Microsoft and yeah, exactly. The next yeah, day, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kat, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for giving thank up your time you. as well because we know how busy you are. It's been an absolute treat um, chatting to you. So thank you. Lovely to talk to you too. Stay safe thank and you. enjoy your lovelies too. She's our new best friend, isn't she? Oh, she is. Do you know what? She's got such a good energy, hasn't yeah. she? She's like really bubbly, really positive, really fun. Oh, yeah, she's I'm mega. Just- yeah, I mean, I'm a fan girl as well now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I loved it when I said to her, um, "So, uh, how would you describe your parenting? What sort of mother are you?" And then she just flipped it back on me and said, "How would you describe <laughs> yours?" And I was like, "Someone who hasn't got a fucking clue what's going on." And it's like, "Yes, that's exactly it." And she's like, "We're all just winging it." She just she sounds really normal and down to earth, and and actually you know just a regular mum right yeah exactly and also you know it's really interesting um you know lots of people have careers that take them all over the world um it's something we've considered like in our house as well you know like moving abroad but then yeah. ultimately when it comes down to it you think oh, do I you know how long have we got to be with our family like yeah. it's a big decision like huge decision that she's made to come back um but ultimately, yeah, I guess, you know, she wants she wants to be around family. She wants her kids to be able to see their grandparents and all that kind of stuff. And if, yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah. It's I mean, a really yeah, nice to go away and experience thing. it. I think it's really, I think it adds so much to your life if you get the opportunity yes. to go and live somewhere abroad and work and, yeah. or, or not work. Um, but yeah, there is something about the draw of coming home. I mean, you look at Mark Wright, who... Um, who obviously I, I see quite a lot of and, and his reasoning for coming back from America was like well I just can't be away from Essex I just love Essex so much and he was like the sh- sheesh my favourite restaurant it just doesn't compare to the uh, LA eateries I'm like oh for goodness sakes Mark but it's right is, there's no yeah, place like home are. yeah and I think there's some people who are really you know they love home I'm probably not like 
that kind of person. We've lived, you know, around lots of different areas, not like a million miles away, but you know, in Scotland and all that kind of stuff. And now we're the closest to home we've ever been. And I've got to say, it's so nice. It's basically, really nice. basically, up until this point, you didn't give a shit, and now Georgia's got a heart. Now I grew a heart in the hospital. <laughs> That's actually what James said. He goes, "Your old personality was left in the hospital, but you grew a heart." And I'm like, "Oh, well, oh. I mean, that's good, I guess." But he was with you for like 15 years before that, and thought yeah. you were. A he didn't mind. Oh. He didn't mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, we're just oh. a few days away from Christmas now. Um, so we're going to be back on Christmas Day. Um, the yeah. savior, We're calling ourselves the saviors of Christmas Day. You know, I think we will be. Please make sure that you join us then. Also, we'd love you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And please tell somebody this Christmas about the podcast. It would be really great to spread the word a bit further. Yes, please do. And we're going to be back to it, um, back recording in Jan. So if you have any suggestions for guests or topics that we haven't covered or we have covered and you'd like us to delve into again, then please drop us a message um, at Made by Mamas or on Zoe's channel at Zoe Harvland. And we'll see you Friday. See you on Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Oh, God, I've done it again. No. <laughs> <laughs>